I have the great privilege of continuing a series that we began recently entitled New Life. And God wants us to experience a brand new life. And I trust that you got a taste and a little bit of an indication of how God wants us to experience a new life through worship. But often in the midst of new life, what we often feel is we feel like maybe that's just all there is. And I want to suggest to you that there's more to just the new life that God has for you. He doesn't want you just to have a making new experience. He wants you to have a making great experience. And so today I want to speak on purpose of a new life. There is a purpose to the new life that God has entrusted to you. God has a purpose for the new life that he's given to you. He's breathed new life into you for a reason. But I don't know about you. There are often moments when I have a mountaintop experience and then life continues on. And there's a tension between where I'm at and where I feel like God wants me to be. Have you ever felt that? That there's a gap between where you're placed and God's purpose. Have you ever felt that? I want to suggest to you that God wants to close the gap. And what I've discovered in that gap is there's often pressure. Have you ever sensed that? The pressure of the gap between where you're at and where God wants you to be. God often permits pressure because pressure is the process that will move you to God's purpose. God permits pressure in your life because it's in the tension that he moves you closer to his purpose. And sometimes when we're moving away from God's purpose, we experience more pressure. Or when we go a different direction, we experience more pressure. But the only way we ever resolve the pressure in our life is when we draw close to him. When there's tension, pay attention and ask God, what are you moving me into? If you feel tension, pay attention because God is about to move you into something new. With that said, I want to invite you to join me in Ephesians chapter 2. We're going to look at verse 10. I want to invite you to open up your Westo wrap, your Bible, your Bible app, whatever you have with you. We're going to look at the word of God today. Let's go ahead and look what the Apostle Paul wrote to the Ephesian church to encourage them. Starting with verse 10, it says this, For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. God has a divine purpose for you. And if you're here and you feel like you don't have a divine purpose, I'm here. I've got some good news. God has a divine purpose for you, and he wants you to step into that divine purpose. Because when you step into that divine purpose, you're going to discover what God has for you. And it's above and beyond what you could even imagine or think. But we've got to be willing to step into that. And so I want to share with you three beliefs, maybe just two, uh, of how to discover a new life. I'm going to share with you two beliefs that will advance you into discovering a new life. The first one is this. Believe you are a masterpiece. I want you to believe that you're a masterpiece. Believing this will advance you into God's purpose. It says this, for we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus. Another version says this, we are God's masterpiece created in Christ Jesus. Another version says that we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus. But regardless of what you say it is, we are created in the image of God. We are his masterpiece. In fact, when you look at the original language for this word that we translate masterpiece, 
It is the word poema, where we get the word poem. You are the poem of God to a broken world. You are the poem of hope to a broken world. And each one of you is a unique poem to a broken and dying world. God wants us to advance in that. Now, what you see on the screen behind me is a painting. It's called Salvatore Mundi. It's a painting of Jesus as the Savior. And in his hand, he has a globe. And it's actually the world. And the reason it's clear is he wants you to know that he sees you and that he knows you and nothing's hidden from you and that he has a divine purpose for you and he wants you to step into that. But the reason I have it on the screen is because this painting is a masterpiece. And the reason we know it's a masterpiece is for two reasons. First of all, we know it's a masterpiece because it was painted by a master. There's this little-known painter in the Renaissance by the name of Leonardo da Vinci. He painted this painting. And the second reason we know that it is a masterpiece is because someone paid a hefty price for this painting. When the painting was first discovered, the painting was purchased for $10,000. But once its authorship and its provenance was discovered, the price went up. Last year, it was purchased at auction for $450 million. It is the single most expensive painting ever sold at auction ever in the history of the world. And it is the most expensive painting ever in the world by $150 million. That means that the second place painting is $300 million. This painting is worth $450 million. I want to suggest to you, I want to actually emphasize to you that you are God's masterpiece. Because you were made by and paid for by the master. When he went to Calvary, he paid the price for you, the most hefty price he could pay to prove to you that you are his master, masterpiece. He made you for a reason. He took the burden of sin so that you could live out his divine purpose. And as I was preparing this message, I remembered a song that we used to sing when I was growing up. And I'm not going to sing it for you, but I'm going to say the lyrics. You don't want to hear me sing. Hear the lyrics. Jesus paid it all. All to him I owe. Sin had left a crimson stain. He washed me white as snow. Why would Jesus come to earth and die on a cross if you weren't a masterpiece? It doesn't matter what anyone has said about you. It doesn't change the fact that Jesus died for you and that he would do it again as the saying, as the song goes a billion times over to prove to you that he loves you. You are unique. You are beautiful. You are precious. You are cherished. You are loved. You're a prince and a princess. You're a son and daughter of the king. But most importantly, you are his masterpiece. And the Spirit of God wants you to connect with that idea that he created you on purpose, with purpose, and for a purpose. Don't listen to the lies of the enemy. Don't listen to the naysayers. Don't listen to the people who want to destroy you. You have a divine purpose, and you're here for a reason. The second point I want to offer to you is that believe 
I want you to believe that God is preparing you. God, he is preparing you for something. He created you to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. God created you to do something, to accomplish a mission, not just to take up space, but to have a divine purpose. And he created in advance a purpose specifically for you. Your mission is different than mine. And he wants you to run your race and to run it well. But we must believe that he is preparing you for the good work that he has for you. And not just one work, but multiple works. And so I want to pause right now and I want to speak to those of you who are retired. Those of you who are in the retirement season of your life. If you're still living, God still has a purpose for you. If you're still breathing, if your heart is still beating, God's not done with you. Psalm 139 tells us that every day was ordained in his book before one of them came to be. Came to be. And every single day, God has a mission for you and me. As I was preparing this message, I was beginning to reflect on a story in the Old Testament. By the, there was this guy in the Old Testament by the name of Caleb. Do y'all remember the story of him? He was one of the two one of the two spies that went into the promised land and he believed the promise of God, but it took 45 years for him to step into the promised land. He was 85. And what did he do at 85? He picked up a, store, a sword. He stood shoulder to shoulder with the next generation. He says, we're gonna go and take the land and we're gonna kill some giants. He was 85 years old. I pray to God that if he lets me see 85, that I can still be like Caleb and I'm willing to pick up a sword and say to the next generation, let's go take the land and let's kill some giants and let's take land for the king. And so I'm calling some Caleb's out tonight. If you're here and you're sitting on the bench, I want you to step in. The kingdom of God needs you for such a time as this. He's equipped you over the course of a lifetime with skills and talents that you use to accomplish your business. And I'm asking you to use those gifts and those talents in this house to accomplish it, to accomplish his mission. Do you know that there are young people behind you? who need to hear the faithfulness of God in your life, to hear how he saved your business, how he set your sister-in-law free from bondage, how he, how he saved your marriage. That's exactly what Joshua and Caleb did. They declared the faithfulness of God. They said to the previous, the next generation, they said, we saw God set us free from, ex, from Egypt. And then what he did is he parted the Red Sea. And he can still do that today. There is a younger generation that needs to hear you declare the kingdom of God and his faithfulness. And I want to invite you to take a step into that. And to the younger generation, I want to encourage you to pursue your purpose. Be in hot pursuit for what God has created for you. If you don't know what you're good at, ask God. He knows. He made you. He's the master that made you. He knows the blueprint. He knows the layout for your life. And he can reveal to you. I'm reminded in James 1, it says this, If any person seeks wisdom, let him ask of it, for God will freely give it without reproach. 
He will give you the wisdom you need. He will reveal to you everything you need to know to accomplish the purpose that God has for you. But while you're pursuing God, I also want to encourage you, younger folks, to pursue people who are wiser than you. For you see in life, there's two ways that you're going to learn. You're going to either learn from your own experience or from the experience of other people. And I can tell you from personal experience that the cost of tuition at the School of Hard Knocks is very, very expensive. It'll cost you more than you want to spend, and it'll take you on detours you would never want to go on. So learn from the experience of someone else. Don't reinvent the wheel. Take someone out that is wiser than you, and for the price of a cup of coffee, you can save the cost of regret. You can learn from someone else who's wiser, who's walked a road and can say, this is what you need to do, and this is what you don't need to do, and this is what you need to say, and this is how you need to ask for promotion, and this is what you need to step in when you go into the interview. These are the things that you need to do to be successful in your business. These are the people that you need to reach out to. These are the people who are going to make an impact in your life. And oh, by the way, I know someone that can help you with this specific area. Pursue someone who is wiser than you. But overall, all of us, we need to prepare ourselves. We need to prepare ourselves for God's purpose. And I want to invite you to work hard. Good things don't come to those who wait. Good things come to those who are prepared. Good things come to those who are prepared. So don't, don't waste your wait. Work while you wait. It's in the waiting that God develops you. Some of you are wondering, God, why haven't you put me in the game yet? He hasn't put you in the game because you're not ready. I know you think you're ready, but you're not ready. He's not going to put you in the game because he's more interested in the fruitfulness and the success of his endeavor. And if he puts you in right now, you're going to mess it up. I'm just telling you. God is more interested in putting you in the game than you even realize. But often, the thing that prevents us from stepping into the thing that God has for us is the fact that we are not prepared, and we have not cultivated the self-discipline to prepare, us while, prepare ourselves while we're in the wait. Work your weight. Prepare. And I just want to encourage you, as you prepare yourself, I want to warn you that preparation is going to be painful. Hebrews 12 says this, no discipline or preparation seems pleasant at the time, but painful. Later on, it produces a harvest of righteousness and peace for those who are trained by it. It's going to cost you. Preparation is a workout. But any of you who are athletes, you know there have been games you've put, been in, put in the game, and you can go the whole game because you've prepared. But there's other times when you get put in the game and you're struggling because you haven't put in the work. If you want to be a high-impact person, you have to practice in private so that you can perform in public. Same level. And secondly, preparation produces perseverance. James 1 tells us, this is what it says, Consider it pure joy, my brothers, when you encounter trials of many kinds, because the testing of your faith produces perseverance. And let perseverance complete its full work so that you are mature and complete, not lacking anything. Preparation, trials produce perseverance, and perseverance is the thing that carries you to God's purpose. And as I close, I want to reassure your heart of this thought. 
God is preparing you for what he has prepared for you. God is preparing you right now for what he has prepared for you. He has not forgotten you. He has not overlooked you. Just like in that photo, God sees right where you're at. He hasn't forgotten you. But some of us, while we're in the dark, we wonder, God, where are you? Why am I in the dark? There's a reason he's making you wait. Listen to this. He sees everything. Psalm 139, 14 and 15 says this. I will praise you because I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. You're his masterpiece. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. Listen to this. Verse 15. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place. If your frame was not hidden from him when you were formed in the secret place, you're definitely not hidden from him right now. I, when I was woven together in the depths of the earth, I've discovered over the course of my life that new life always starts in a hidden place. Plants are buried before they bloom. Babies are hidden before they bloom. And your purpose will be developed in the dark. So discover him. And as I was thinking about this closing moment, I said, Lord, what is this whole hidden thing? What does it mean? When God hides you away, it's because he wants to cultivate intimacy in you. Intimacy is more important than impact. Impact flows out of intimacy. God wants you to know him. And in order for you to do the thing that he's ordained for you, he needs you to know him. He needs you to hear his heart. So while you wait, get to know Jesus. Get to hear his heart. Get to hear about what he wants to accomplish in your life. Don't rush into the thing that he has for you. He's going to get you there, but he needs you to know him. He needs you to experience him. Some of you experience the level of intimacy tonight. Can I invite you throughout this week? And as you move forward, that that would become a lifestyle for you, that you would pursue that type of intimacy each and every day. And if you're willing to pursue that intimacy, you will most definitely have kingdom impact. God does want to accomplish something through you, but he wants you to know him better and know him first. God's more interested in intimacy within you than the impact he wants to create through And so as I close, I want to invite you to stand. There's a purpose to the new life that he gave you. He wants you to step into that. But I want us to cultivate a practice in our life where we are willing to fully pursue him. Church, will you allow us to have one more intimate moment with him? And I'm going to pray that as I pray, that God would begin to proveniently reveal to you, that he would reveal in very powerful ways the purpose that he has for you. Let's go to the Lord. God, you've visited with us today. There's a purpose to the new life that you've entrusted to us, and you want us to live it out. But it requires us to get close to you. You showed us in a very powerful way 
what intimacy looks and what it feels like. And God, may we develop a taste for that level of intimacy in our life, in our everyday life, when we wake up in the morning, as we go to sleep, as we travel to work, as we're at work or at school or with our children. God, may we have a deep yearning for intimacy with you. And as we journey with you moment by moment, that you would reveal over time your purpose. That's what Jesus did when he came. He walked moment by moment in full intimacy with you and you changed the world through him. God, would you allow us, those of us who are created in your image to be like your son, Jesus? God, as we step into Easter, let us be reminded of that. God, bless your people. Let them connect with you in Jesus' name. And all of God's people said, amen, amen. We're so delighted that you joined us with us today. God bless you, and we are dismissed.